Hello, my lovely ones, and welcome to Mumming with Magli, the podcast for any mum who has absolutely no idea what the fuck she's doing. I'm Magli, your host, and I can confirm I have no idea what I'm doing. Join me every week as I try and tackle this parenting business, the ups and downs, and the many trials and tribulations. Other moms will also join us and share their story. Let's open up the conversation around the hardships of motherhood and all the pressure that comes with it. Hopefully, it'll make us all feel less alone in feeling lost and completely winging it. I know I am. Enjoy, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Oh my gosh, Natasha. Hello, Hello. welcome onto the podcast. I am good. I feel like this conversation is really relevant for me at the moment. We're having a week and it's so normal, but I do feel shame admitting this. Not shame, but just like resistance admitting we're having a week where we're just It's funny because you know we're just talking about the two (laughs) things that people feel really like loads of guilt and shame about is talking about their relationship, having problems, and their problems with their parents. So feel guilty about being asked about my partner, I feel guilty about being asked about my parents. It's like there's so much guilt and shame around that, and we have to just act like everything's okay. What's weird is everyone's feeling the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone is feeling the same, and I just don't understand why no one's talking about it. Okay, to mm-hmm. set the scene from your point of view, um, introduce yourself to everyone listening. I am a um, person centered counsellor, and which means that I believe that you're the expert, you've got all the answers, and it's my my job to help you to untangle them all. So I specialise in looking at early attachments and working with parents. Um, and what that means is I believe that our behaviours now and the things we struggle with, so if we struggle with anxiety, if we struggle with low mood, often they're going to stem back to us how we learned to cope when we were children as far back as when we were babies. So uh, what I do with my clients is when they're talking about a worry, I mean, the first thing I would say was, when did that worry start? You know, most people who are having panic attacks are not starting to have panic attacks now. They've always had them or they've had them for a really long time or they've struggled with anxiety when they were kids. You know, like you can, you know, we talk about university. How did you cope then? How did you cope with your exam? And so it's looking back at that. Uh, But my background is family work. So I worked for 10 years for children's services and in children's centres with parents, with families with multiple and complex needs. And seeing how much the parents' mental health impacted the children is the reason that I wanted to specialise in working with parents. Because when a mum's healthy, then a child is much likelier to feel healthy. So I'm a very much believer, believer in you can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah. And if you feel like you've got no time, it's good to make some time because we're so much less reactive when we're rested. Like when we're rested, we can you can deal with a tantrum so much better when you're rested. You can deal with your husband's annoying comments when you're rested so much better. Like, yeah, your patience is just so much better in every single way when you've had a break, which is why I think working is so much better. Like being like at home seven days with a child, I mean... Yeah, that is the hardest job in the world. Um, I 100% agree. I mean, I'm I'm a yoga teacher. I live by the fact that we need to just calm our nervous Mm. system, right? Because we live in this heightened state of being where we're just anxious all the time. We're moving so, so quick. And that's just not sustainable long term. Mm. And similar idea, similar, you know, belief, but just going at it from different you know, aspects, I believe that people need to find ways to find calm, yeah. find ways to de-stress <laughs> and time for themselves to just, just be, yeah. because we're never, we're never just still. No, and I really want to practice some yoga. Do you feel like I, oh, and this is, again, it's finding the balance because, okay, I'm just going to say, I was trying to be somewhat diplomatic, but I'm just going <laughs> to say it. I feel like I'm giving, 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 and not often receiving. And I know that a lot of moms feel like that. They feel like they give to their child, they give to their partner, they give to their household, they give to the family mm. unit. And unfortunately, the child isn't in a position to give back. That's completely normal. Laundry, <laughs> dishes, they don't give anything no. back. So then all of that pressure gets put on on the partner, unfortunately. Mm. And how do you have any advice or tip? Like, how do you, um, how would you advise people deal with that? Well, I think the main thing is you've just got to talk to each other and make time. <laughs> make time to talk to each other like it's so easy to only have a conversation about whether your daughter had lunch Mm. what or like in the evening to be too tired and just want to sit on your phones or just want to watch telly 
So I think you have to actually plan it, like plan time when you're going to talk, which is really boring. And I remember saying that to my husband before, like we have to actually put, we got a calendar last year and put it in our schedule when we're going to spend time together. And he was like, that's horrible. But it's it's just a fact of life. Like if you don't plan it, you don't prioritise it. Um, and it's so oh. easy to like go out. If you're going to go out to be like, I'm going to go out with my friends or I'm going to go. And there's always stuff to do all the time because you've got such a tiny bit of time to yourself. It's so hard to just be like, no, I'm just going to plan an hour to have a conversation. Because there's always washing, there's always cleaning, there's always stuff to do. And the other thing I would say was that I found so useful recently is to notice his triggers and how they differ from my triggers. So my husband hates meth, the toys and, you know, all the just the stuff. He hates it. Okay. I hate like things being all over my worktop in my kitchen. My kitchen's like my nice place. Don't dump your keys and your diary and and just okay. knowing that he the way I feel when he dumps his stuff on my clean worktop is the way he feels when there's everything everywhere. And I know okay. when he looks after the children, he will clear up after them in a different way. Whereas I would just okay. be like, oh, that's a free for all. You get it out. And yeah. I think warning him, like, it's a free for all today. Did you have that conversation about your different triggers? No, I think that's just time. That is just <laughs> time. Yeah. How long have you been with your partner? 10 years. 10 yeah. years. Uh, because actually I had a really triggering moment this week. Isla, my yeah. little one, she's with me all week. And when I picked her up, I had to, she was at childminding on Monday, but I had to pick her up early because she yeah. wasn't well. And then I took her to the doctor the next day and the doctor said that she was going to have to be with me all week. She couldn't oh, be around yeah. other kids. She was contagious. Fine. And then that Tuesday evening was, how can I describe it? I was just feeling so overwhelmed yeah. and the trigger was that for me, so I had postpartum mm. depression, whether it 100% goes away, I don't actually ever believe that it no, does. No, it stays. I, yeah, it, there's a certain PTSD and I experienced that for the first time this week. So for me, my postpartum depression, I realized was I was feeling claustrophobic. Mm. I was at home. I just felt like the walls were closing in on me. My life was getting smaller and smaller. I couldn't do the things that, you know, I used to be able to do or even might want to do, let alone the guilt of feeling mm. like that, you know. And then all of a sudden on Tuesday, I had a week and I was like, oh my God, it's winter. She's sick. We're not going to be spending much time outside. We can't go to play group because she's contagious. She can't go to childminding. It falls back on me because George, my partner, he earns more, so he has to go to work and that's fine. But like, it's not. And Tuesday, I found myself just, I couldn't even explain it. I felt so stressed, so mm. overwhelmed. And obviously, you know, he came home from work with his own stress and overwhelm, which is fine. But I hadn't realized actually that that had been a trigger for me. And it's not until talking to a friend of mine, she's the one that asked me, do you think it was a trigger? Because the last time you had so much time in the house by yourself with your little girl, you were in such a bad headspace. Mm. And I thought, oh my gosh, yes. And then I guess to a certain extent had expected George to figure it out, even though yeah, I hadn't figured problem, it out. Yeah. How do you find that expectations? Yeah, managing expectations in a couple, in a relationship. Well, never. I, I always, I say like, this to my clients all the time, not even about the relationship never assume like that is like the biggest problem we have in all our relationships we assume people think like us we assume people know what we're thinking we assume that people are angry with us we assume people don't like something we've done never assume always ask always we have to over communicate over 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 I've just realized that I hate being in this house and I feel so overwhelmed being in this house all you're making me think of is lockdown like that first I remember mm. that first day when they said you can't go out and you're like what do you mean what like I can't can't go anywhere I remember them coming on the news I found out I was pregnant the day we went into lockdown saying my daughter wasn't going to school for two no to nursery for two weeks and I found out I was pregnant that day and it was like well, what what am I gonna do and everyone else was like drinking wine mm -hmm. and I was just like I can't function I can't do anything and just you're trapped like if you're someone who needs fresh air and yeah that's what you're feeling that that lockdown mm -hmm. feeling again I feel like that's triggering for us as yeah. well yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent so the couples that struggle to communicate and also right there's managing different styles of communication yeah so difficult <laughs> because I'm someone I could talk things into the ground mm. and I'm not saying yeah, me too. that has its positives yeah. and its negatives I could honestly 
I could just go on forever. And my partner just prefers to brush things under the carpet. Let's move on. No, 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 no. <laughs> because you don't move on. That's like a brushing things under the carpet does not mean they go away. They're still there. And then next time we have a row, yeah. you're going to bring it up again, aren't you? To be fair, no, he doesn't at all. He genuinely, sometimes I struggle because he's like, the most content person okay and that's a struggle it's fucking annoying (laughs) (laughs) yeah because I feel like so why is it annoying because I struggle to find contentment and I feel like I'm always striving for more and he's to a certain extent oh gosh I'm unpacking I've never actually thought about this now but I'm unpacking (laughs) it with you now so what happens to a certain extent yeah he's a trigger because I like I put that idea of contentment on a pedestal because I feel like I'm always striving for it I'm always searching for it and he's somehow by doing nothing by just being he's got it do you know what I mean well there's a reason that he's got it he's not doing nothing you could learn a lot from him gal that's the thing there's the trigger like I don't want to admit it but you know you're with him for a reason I think there's always yeah like how is I do think that in a lot of ways a lot of men can not sweat the small stuff in the same way that we do like you know I don't think I know one of the things I was talking about this morning was if my son wakes up at half five and goes back to sleep I don't whereas Mm -hmm. my husband will be immediately back to sleep whereas my mind will be like oh we've got to get up in like 45 minutes so I might as well get up now because I've always got Mm -hmm. to I'm always behind and there's always something to do Mm -hmm. and he can switch off in a way that I cannot so I and I do I think for me there's a lot of stuff I learned from my husband when I was pregnant I was really worrying about miscarriage I feel like you hear it all the time he doesn't hear the noise that's another thing they don't hear the noise in the same way we do I remember saying to him about that he was like why do you think about this stuff it's so negative like it makes it more likely to happen and for me I was like oh this is law of attraction stuff this is I believe in this stuff how come he just knows this himself Mm. but they're not you're like your husband's probably not sitting on like Mabel's playroom learning about how to be more Montessori or like he's not googling weaning tips and seeing what how much salt's in an Ella's kitchen pouch he's just living agreed but yeah but then is that not annoying why why aren't you doing that stuff? I admittedly I struggle yeah. because again, I'm the default parent in every single mm. aspect of the word and sometimes I resent that. Yeah, yeah. And dealing with that resentment can be difficult because it's not his fault. No. You know, he he has to go to work. I think in our society it's innate for women to be yeah. more you know maternal mm. and more like the mm. primary caregiver um so to a certain extent it's not his fault but I'm only human the emotion has to go somewhere that resentment mm. that frustration yeah. and sometimes you know it clashes Definitely. for anyone that you know might resonate with how I'm feeling how do you have any tips on dealing with that <laughs> well I, the one thing I would say was sometimes I think we I think it's useful to reframe it you know he can be your like point of reason okay Mm. he's not worrying about this do I need to worry about it in some ways you know like sometimes if I say like you know there'll be the art the iPad conversation is the oldest one with my husband does it really matter if they have their iPad so we can talk at dinner and I'll be like no we should have okay all right okay like sometimes I will agree like okay and it does sometimes sometimes it annoys me some other days it doesn't who knows what is causing those different things but I do think that it can help create balance because I do think if you didn't have if you if he was as anxious as you then how would you cope because when you work when I work with a pet a mum who has an anxious partner that is chaos that is yeah um and to be fair like a lot of women I'm sure will agree he pisses me off yeah yeah. <laughs> however he is like an anchor because I live in my head I'm up in the gods <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's annoying but then also he's your anchor so I think number I need yeah, it you need it but also you need to delegate to him so what can he take from you what can he take off your plate the one thing that I've started doing is my husband has started doing the breakfast in the morning he wasn't doing mm. anything he leaves at seven fifteen, and he was just getting up and leaving and I was so angry every day like I'm so stressed in the morning and you just get up and you leave and actually just getting him to get up morning he, he did do the baby's nappy I think 
get up, do the nappy, make the milks, do the breakfast, get them sitting down in the morning makes such a difference. And it is, it's just that delegation. And I think at the beginning he used to say to me, what do they need for breakfast? Now he doesn't. He just sorts it out. Because I don't want to be asked either. I want you to just get on with it. So it is what mm-hmm. you can delegate. Did you feel guilty asking him? Because this is something, mum guilt, what the fuck is that about? It it, it just eats mm. up. So what? So did I feel guilty about asking him to the breakfast? No. Yeah. No, no, I felt very entitled. <laughs> I felt like you need to yeah. pick up more with that thing. The main thing I feel guilty about, I think the thing we've been finding hardest at the moment is I'm struggling with how busy I am at work. My ideal is I will work in the evenings so I don't have to have any more time away from my son because my daughter's at school and I like to pick her up on Monday and Friday. Whereas he is saying, why don't you put him in a little bit more childcare, just a morning and I don't want to do it. And he doesn't understand that because he's like since they were two weeks old, worked full time. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think, well, I didn't do it with my daughter. I only worked three days when I had my daughter. I'll figure it out, I'll figure it out. And it is that battle when I actually just decided my daughter's going to go to some dance thing on Monday because it's half time. And I thought I'm going to put him into childcare for the morning. What difference does it make? Mm. Like it's one, it's just a one-off. But that is, I think, balancing the childcare, how much I have them, loving my job—that's a massive thing for me. So it is a massive thing for me as well. So basically, I'm building my business from the bottom. Yeah. And when you're building at the bottom, you're not making any no, money. No, I know. You're spending so much time, and you're not making any money. And it's justifying me putting her in childcare so that. I can try and fulfill my sense of purpose, even though it's not making any money at the moment, whilst he's off working for said childcare and everything else, but dealing with the fact that, okay, but thank you, but I'm not going to bow down to you either. Mm. It's this, it's the give and take. I don't know why I'm spilling this. I had a point. No, I know what the point is. You are working to build something. I know, because a lot of the time, like, obviously, I do earn money. But there is time now where I'm not where I'm working to build up my business. I'm trying to like build courses and stuff. And that is he knows that I don't earn money to do things like that. When I started working as a therapist, exclusively left my job. There were things where he had to support me to do that. And it is really, really difficult to balance that. But it's I think a lot of that feels like it's your own shame around the fact that you're burdening him when actually what you're doing is you're creating your future. And the one thing I always say to my husband is, you want me to earn £100 this today? Would it be better if I earned £100 today or £500 next week, next month, next year, sorry. So we need to think about the future, not about the immediacy. If you don't start now, in five years' time, you're going to be in the same position, still earning no money. Whereas if I... I'm seeing it as in five years' time, you could have a really successful business and he wouldn't have to work so hard. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. But the the guilt, mm. I mean, I honestly, I feel guilty in this moment that he's downstairs looking after his own child. Mm. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Do, like, do you? It is crazy. Do I, I don't think, I don't feel guilty about him looking after his children, even though he would... It sounds, you, you saying it out loud, I'm like, of course you don't. Like, of course you don't. Why would you? But it's like, in the middle of the night, if he gets up, I feel bad. I feel like it's my duty. Do you? So there, now, yeah. see, I would say, for me, that is something that we need to explore where that comes from. Like, what do you feel the mother's role is? Where have you learned what the mother's role is? Well, I'm not sure, because my mom is a very independent Mm -hmm. woman she was a single mom full-time working um I don't know I do think potentially I do remember feeling as a kid I wish she'd been home more and I think in my head I had romanticized the idea of being a mom that I would be this like happy go lucky mom spending time with my kid Mm. having fun (laughs) fuck me it's not like that did you think (laughs) you would enjoy being a stay-at-home mom okay so I never thought I would enjoy being a stay-at-home mom so there's a difference so staying at Mm. home now I thought that I would be able to happily work part-time and be at home with my kid. I thought that I would be able to continue building my business from the bottom up whilst having my child at home. Oh, so you thought she'd be with you all the time while you were working? Yeah. 
I was like, it's okay. <laughs> She'll just sit next to me. I'll do a couple emails. I'll do, yeah, do yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I was absolutely just fucking, I had romanticized the yeah. idea of being a working mum. So yeah, and... I would say, actually, the way you need to think of it, my friend actually just said it to me. She went, when you, you need to think of it is you're not sending your child to childcare. You're sending your child to play with their friends rather than sit at home with you mm. bored while you're working. Yeah, mm. 100%. It's really important for you to think, what are my opinions about what being a mother should be like? Because it feels like there's a lot of shoulds on you. I should do this. Mm. I should be able to. I should enjoy this. I should be able to do this. I should be better at this. And actually, that's not reality. Like, you should be finding this hard. It is hard. Yeah, you should yeah, want yeah, a break. Yeah. Because, like, it's a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week job with no holidays. Yeah, what do you find is uh, the most common catalyst for people coming to see you? Anxiety is massive. A lot, a lot of anxiety. I think since lockdown, it blows my mind mm. how many people struggle with anxiety. Mm. I think it's just been so damaging for so many people. And like for people who are managed, mm. who obviously they will have maybe struggled before, but since having that time and that uncertainty for such a long time, I just see the damage that that's caused so much. Um, I would say... The pressure, the, 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 the just the, the expectations. You know what you're talking about. I should be able to do it. Mm. Why is it so hard for me? It's not. It's why is yeah. it so hard? It's not hard for you. It's hard for everyone. Um, I ask myself that all mm. the time, and not in a woe is me. Yeah. You know, I'm a damsel in distress, but in a fucking come on, Maggie. Why is it so hard for you? Go, go, like. Do more, do better, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I'm very mm. hard on myself. I've spoken to my mom. She says that I've always been like that, even as a kid, just really, really difficult myself. You're really, really I'm, hard on yourself. Yeah. And I'd say that that, yeah, that does lead the... to a lot of anxiety because it's like that perfectionist thing. I'm never, you're, which you're never going to be good mm -hmm. enough because you can't be perfect. Mm -hmm. It is genuinely something that I work on every day in the smallest of things, even, and I do think social media does not no, it help doesn't. with that. It don't, like, like, there are so oh many accounts. I, I'm quite strict about deleting accounts and I think that's what you, you need mm -hmm. to do just to delete the ones that don't make you feel good if you're watching something every day and it's making you feel like you're not good enough don't watch it I love the idea mm. I heard years ago think of it as a magazine your social media feed and curate it to just have things that you would want to look at in a magazine and if there's a page you didn't want to look at in a magazine mm. you wouldn't look at it so I think that that's really important and not have it over consuming like really limiting your social media yeah I was doing potty training recently and there was so much good stuff. Like, yeah. there is loads of good content. That's the problem. It is good. But just mm -hmm. being really mindful of your time. Yeah. Do you have any advice for not allowing, again, you know, we're all mm -hmm. human and we're bound to get upset about something so small one day because we're feeling overwhelmed, mm. blah, blah. And so you might snap at your partner and they mm. might snap back. Do you have any advice on being able to manage that so it doesn't I, sort of yeah. escalate and turn no, into No, I actually this? had a therapy session this morning and we were, this is exactly the whole conversation. So my husband's very defensive. So I can ask him some, oh, okay, yours is good. Okay, this is going to be really useful then. <laughs> really useful. God, I'm not attacking you. Just let yeah, me speak really, my mind. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a passionate person. I'm a passionate person. I might say it directly, but because I don't need to beat around the bush, I've never said you're in the wrong. But maybe I can work on yeah, that too. Anyway, both ways, you go. both ways. But. <laughs> I think what we were talking about was rather than, so basically we had a discussion this morning. He'd got the kids dressed. I came downstairs. My son was filthy. I don't know why. I said, what sort of got all over him? I, said, I don't know. Like, what do you mean? He's two. Like, what do you mean? And she said, "In them, and before you start getting into that tit for tat, just be like, remind him, I'm not attacking you. I just wanted to know. So I think that that's a, just it, stop it there. Like before you start getting into da, 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 which we did. And he was yeah. like, well, you weren't upstairs. You would know what he had. Yeah. Back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. And saying sorry, saying sorry and showing your child when you say sorry, I would say is one of the best things you can teach them as a parent because my daughter's far, nearly five, five and two weeks, I think. And she started saying to me when I say that she needs to say sorry, mum, it makes me feel scared to say sorry. And I was, I was like, that's wow. what it is though, isn't it? It's that feeling of like, oh. I don't know I don't want I don't really want to say it I don't really want to admit I'm wrong 
I do feel a bit scared. But she's five, so she says it in her five-year-old way. Yeah, I don't wow. like admitting I'm wrong. It doesn't feel nice to admit I'm wrong, but do it because I want her, as she grows up, to be able to say sorry because I've had to learn it as I'm older to say sorry. It wasn't something I was really taught when I was younger. The same with my husband. He wasn't really taught to say sorry. And we're learning together to say sorry, I shouldn't have done that. And do it so the children see when you say sorry because they hear you bicker. Yeah, so that was going to be my next point because I don't think it's realistic to say that a couple is no. never going to argue in front of no. their child or children. I try. I, I thought I wouldn't. There, There's something I'm guilty about. I always thought I would never, and then it happens. How? Like, do you have cues for each other? You know, because sometimes it might genuinely be something that you can't bring down. Mm. It's actually a big discussion that needs to be spoken about. Do you have cues for each other? Like, okay, not right now in front of the kids, without saying not right now in front of the kids, because, you know, a five-year-old would understand that. For well, example. I think I'd just say we'd, we'd, we don't need to talk about that now. We can talk about it later. Don't get me wrong, that doesn't always work. But let's talk about always when the kids are in bed, when we're having dinner. That's why I like, we have dinner with my kids most of the time, so it's nice when us two have dinner together that we do actually get to talk like a few days a week. I know it's always like you should have dinner with your kids, but for me, I find it really stressful having dinner with my kids because all I'm doing is saying, eat your broccoli, please eat your food, chew, all the things. <laughs> no, you can't have pudding. Don't, don't burn throw it on the floor. floor. Don't yeah, feed it don't to the, the dog. dog. No, you can't have pudding yet. You've only eaten two bites. I just, I can't enjoy my meal. But... Yeah, that's one of the things I think is really nice about having... I used to always do it, and my friend told me that she always has dinner with her husband when her kid's in bed, and I was like, oh, you do it, so it's not bad. That was what I needed to hear. Mm. That's time when we get to talk. But, yeah, trying to say, we'll talk about it later. And also, when it does happen, apologise. I say to my daughter, I'm sorry I was arguing with Daddy. I say, I'll say, yeah, I know we shouldn't have been arguing in front of you. She knows that we always say, sorry, if I lose my temper with her, I'm sorry I lost my temper. Mummy was upset because of this. Yeah, I'm, I talk about all the feelings, and she talks about all the feelings now. You mentioned that you and your partner... Yep. to therapy can I ask is that a personal decision or is that because you yourself are a therapist because I have uh, close friends and family members in that field and I know that it's recommended that mm. when you give therapy that you should also yeah. um, undergo no, therapy I, go, I don't actually have therapy now but we, I do have therapy now and again it depends but no per, couples therapy isn't it's because we were bickering all the time and I would mm. say for me and my husband the biggest thing is the gender roles thing again I, it probably is I consume a lot of content whereas he is just doing what he knows. Um, he actually weirdly grew up with a single mum, mm. but he is very much like he earns more money. Um, and we did actually talk about in therapy the other day how he thinks he does deep down. He didn't even know it. He said, deep down, I do think that she should do more because I earn more money, even though I know she's no busier than me. And I think that mm. some of those things that come out in the therapy wow. room, we don't even realise. There are so many things like, why am I annoyed about this? Oh, okay, well, I've just realised. Like, even this morning when we were talking about the incident with my son's day jumper, he's like, I just feel attacked. It doesn't matter how you say it. When I feel like I've done a good job and you come down and point out something that I've done wrong, I feel attacked. Because he was thinking, I've got them both mm. dressed, everyone's chill, we're all sitting down, down here, ready. And then you've come down and you've noticed that our son, he was covered. I'm not, I wasn't being dramatic. But for me, I it was like, I don't like arguing. I hate arguing. My mum and dad argued all the time. So what we've realised is that when he gets bickery like that, for me, I'm so stressed and so shut down because I don't want to argue. I don't want my kids to see arguing, feel loads of guilt about it. And I just want us to get on. So for me, yeah, it's just, but it's, he's never had therapy before. So for him, it was, it took a lot of convincing, a lot, a lot, a lot. But now he loves it, loves it. I'm going to make an assumption, but would you say that in general, do you see more women? I do. I definitely do see more women and men come to therapy when they're desperate. Like it's really is a last Mm. resort for men. They don't come as like women. I think, well, I think we're just more aware of our emotions. Whereas men, like my husband said to me, he really did see because he had to have a a session with my therapist on his own the other day. And that for him was so much worse. And he said he realizes to him, Mm. he's always grown up thinking there's something really wrong with you if you go to therapy. And he's married to a therapist and he's still had those feelings that there's something Mm -hmm. wrong with him if he goes. And actually, I would say our friends, Mm. it's his friends who struggle with their mental health more. Yeah. How do you think a couple can know if it's just normal Mm. bickering or 
it's potentially something a little bit deeper? Really, I think that's a really, really hard question. I had a stat the other day and it said 50% of marriages end in divorce and 25% of those remaining marriages are unhappy. And for me, it wasn't mm. about we need to go to therapy because we're going to get divorced. It was more I want to be happy. My happiness yeah. and my kids' happiness is like probably my number one priority. And everyone has different priorities, don't they, when they're a parent? But for yeah. me, yeah. that is such a strong priority and I want them to grow up in a healthy home and like, why am I doing all this work and we're not doing it together it just didn't make sense to me mm. yeah. and thinking about it you're right I, I sometimes feel like that I'm very much into mm. self-development and sometimes I do think that there's a fine line and I'd be interested in your thoughts on this. The line between over-talking, because I do think that sometimes you can be a little bit too much into feeling every mm -hmm. single emotion, wanting to develop yourself to the best of your ability. But then I think, obviously, it is necessary. But, you know, on the other side, there are people that are like, oh, I'm just, I don't need it. I'm fine. And on the surface they do seem okay. What do you think? I forgot, I've literally talked my own. I think it's with anything. If it gets, it's got to be what's your agenda, really. Like, why are you why are you doing it? What are you running away from something? Is it because you it's your passion? Like yeah, yeah the, the intention. So what is your, what's your intention? Yeah, I'm asking. asking no, I'm asking you. What's your intention? <laughs> Why do you do the self development work? Um, because I don't believe that I'm good then enough. That, so that's where you'll get into that feeling of I'm, am I doing too much? Because there's always mm. that overarching I'm not good enough. Yeah. yeah, I have stopped, but now I'm like, what do I do with my time if I'm not trying to better myself? But be yeah, because bettering <laughs> yourself isn't about. I, but you want to get to a place where you feel good enough. So when you say I'm mm. not good enough, what do you mean? Just feel like having achieved things that I might want to have okay. achieved in my life. I feel like I don't feel like this anymore. Well, mm. not as much. I'm getting very good, but I felt like I wasn't a good enough okay. mum. You know, postpartum yeah, yeah, yeah. depression. All those and you, needed, you needed to do the work um, on that. I, that was essential. Yeah. Yes, mm. 100%. Yes. I bicker with my partner. I snap. I mustn't be a good enough girlfriend, mm. partner, whatever. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. Life, you know, I don't do the, the washing. I mustn't be a good enough housewife. And what else have I got to do when I'm at home not making money? I, surely I can't be doing anything else. You've got a big stick that you're big stick Society. that you're beating yourself with. Yeah. It's about why am I not good enough? Because it's not okay. you don't need to be better. I can't be the only mm. one feeling like this. No, of course you're definitely not. <laughs> you're, no way. So what would you advise someone like me who beats themselves up mm -hmm. on the daily? Number one, try and journal. Have you ever done journaling? So much and I don't okay. at the moment. So I think journaling, why you're not good enough. Journaling what you're worrying about mm. is a massive one. Um, the other thing I love to do is called a to-da list. You know, like we write a to-do list and we feel like we're never getting anything done. Write a list at the end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, God. When I was on maternity leave with the two, when it was really, really hard, writing a list of everything I got done in that day. And there's so much stuff. It's like, mm. wow, I can't believe how much I actually mm. have done and I didn't even count it. Focusing on what you have done and journaling how you're feeling and then gratitude I think practicing gratitude is the number one biggest tool that helps me I do practice gratitudes to be fair not as much mm. at the moment if I'm perfectly honest I've put so much pressure on myself in terms of building my business because that's an aspect of yeah. my sense of purpose that I just feel like is at rock bottom and I'm feeling really incomplete. Yeah, and have some, having life. something for you, that, like not um, just being a mum, is so important. And it's so great for your daughter mm -hmm. to see that you're not just a mum. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I'm spending so much time on that that I'm not actually spending any time on me. And I'm really like, and even though mm. I know, I know that I need to spend time on me in mm. order for, yeah, you know, no. whatever it may be that I'm working on to be at its best. I'm not doing that because any second that I have, I'm like tch, 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 on the laptop so working stressful. or, you mm. know, teaching. Or, so yeah. stressful. Yeah, 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 yeah. What would I say? How are you going to do a gratitude? I've got this app now. I, I actually like to write a gratitude list, pen and paper, and I do try and, but 
if you really don't have time, I've got this app called Otter. It's like a app that turns words into text. And on the days when I really don't feel like the time, I'll just talk it into Otter and then it writes it all out. And then you've got it or write it in your phone. If you've got five minutes in the car, write it in your mm. phone because it can completely change your mood. Like, And it's such a good tool for when you're feeling mm-hmm. really bad to just quickly like write five things mm-hmm. I'm grateful for. I saw someone yesterday had done a post mm-hmm. about um, I was feeling really bad about giving my kids butter pasta for the two days in a row and then I thought ah but look how happy they are with their butter pasta and yeah that did you see it and that all that is Mm -hmm. is just reframing Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. being grateful for it it's so true because she felt guilty about the butter pasta but actually that butter pasta allowed her to have the time with her kids just similar to what you were saying you know when you give your your ones their ipads Mm. or something just so you can have a conversation Mm. with your partner yeah yeah um physical mm-hmm. contact I think is yeah. extremely important I just feel like sometimes and again I can't be the only one mm. feeling like this there's just not enough time to do yeah. all of the things that we actually need to be doing in order mm-hmm. to be happy and admittedly I felt a little pang of shame and guilt when you were like you know the kids eat and then me and my husband and it's all time to talk sometimes I'm yeah, too tired yeah, yeah. to talk to TV. there are days where he's like can we sit at the table <laughs> I'm like can we sit in front of the telly I'll get a tray <laughs> it's too much yeah um and then you go up to the bedroom like you fall asleep yeah physical touch affection Mm. sex like even even just Mm. a hug yesterday i thought to myself have i hugged george today it's so easy to just go past like sometimes i'm like marcus will be walking out the door and i'll be like oh god i better go and give him a kiss and it's honestly effort like oh god it's another thing on my list say bye and give mm-hmm. him a kiss. And days, yeah. Yet, if he doesn't do it to me, <laughs> oh, I'm the first one to be like, yeah, yeah, oh, hello. She didn't give me a kiss. <laughs> Same. And should he dare say to me that it's on his list, <laughs> I, he's fucking dead. It's true though, isn't it? It's like, oh, God, I haven't got the headspace for that right now. Do you know what we love? I don't know where I heard it, but it, there was something about how not good it feels to have a 20 second cuddle yeah like real connection i don't know if you know about this is a yoga thing what i i think is just like a connection thing which is obviously really closely related to yoga what i always think and try and encourage people to do is that when they're really hugging someone never be the first person to let go nobody's got time for that that, but (laughs) we do and do you know what trying to have sex i don't know that's just at the moment it's just when but we do try and have a 20 second cuddle um and that's really nice because you do it's a bit like writing the gratitude yeah you know like you're like i don't really have time and then you feel really good afterwards and you're like why don't i do it more i guess it's the same with having sex so you're like Uh, yeah no time and you do it and you're like why don't i do it more I'm exactly the same sometimes so to be to yeah. be fair to George I'm actually not always very good yeah. at initiating uh sex he tends to be the one to initiate it and when we're in bed I always have that moment I'm like yeah fuck's sake it's 11 yeah. can you can you've done yeah. this an hour ago <laughs> the thing is I feel such shame admitting that I have these thoughts I'm sorry <laughs> my brain is just like I'm mm. exhausted and especially with a little one I mean to be fair less so now but when they're really little you feel like you've literally had a being Mm. on you all day sometimes you just want Mm. your own body back anyway but most of the time if not 99% of the time I go with it and no never never. it's like exercise you never regret it (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is it's the truth I guess all the good things in life you know you feel like an effort but you never regret them yes part of it is to think of it this is such a small stage in our life (laughs) no but you know when you're when you're 50 this is going to seem so I I talked to my friends I was talking to my friend the other day about the school run because the school run for me is the thing that's hectic now she's like I don't really remember it she's 54 and then we started talking about it she's like oh no no now now remember it but as they get older you're not we're not going to feel this tired I'm telling you when she goes to school and like Monday to Friday you have nine till three imagine that now yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm so drained honestly I'm out of my mind but you know what it's a hilarious fucking shit show like at least you know it's something fun to talk about at some point and our friends (laughs) like my friends who've got older kids they miss them being as little as my kids because 
there is so much good in the fact that they're so young. Like they're always cuddling us. They're always kissing us. I don't know. Does your daughter say I love you yet? My little boy, no. like he always says, I love you. Giving me a kiss. When he's wow. 16, he's not, no, he won't be waking me up at 6am, but he also won't be coming and giving me a kiss in bed at 6am. So it all swings yeah, around yeah. about, you know, it's not going to be long before I'm like two. And, I work with teenagers and they're like, Oh, no, I can't go to Tesco's with my dad. That's so embarrassing. No way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not mm-hmm. going to be long before we're there. It is a difficult mm. balance, though, trying to not wish the difficult yeah. moments away. So Isla, at the moment, she's really... But, okay, mm-hmm. she's also unwell. But it's not just been since he's unwell. She can only fall mm. asleep oh, <laughs> on gosh. my chest. So I have oh, to lay... <laughs> yeah, You've been there. <laughs> right, I can sense it. So mm. I'm laying... <laughs> On the bed, not her bed, obviously a coffee in the crib. I'm laying on the bed and she's asleep. And she's heavy. She's Mm -hmm. not a small baby. I'm struggling to breathe, but I'm like, it's okay. Just keep it together. Only a few minutes. Hopefully she'll be asleep. And then you do the transfer to the bed. (laughs) And then she wakes up. And then, and she won't fall asleep with George because ma, 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 fuck off. (laughs) And George comes up and he goes, do you want help? Do I want help? (laughs) I don't need help. And it's just, it's so, it's so, so much. But I know that I'm also going to miss her falling asleep on my chest. I hear mum say say this. When when she's not. I know I didn't do the contact naps and stuff. I hear mum, oh, I don't want to stop the contact naps because I'm going to miss the contact naps, but I need a break. And yeah, I guess you've got to weigh it up, haven't you? My little boy at the moment wants us to lie on the floor in his room. And we're having a battle because I'm saying I'm not lying on your floor. I'm not doing it. My husband was like, stop doing it. Stop doing it. So I've stopped doing it. I say I sit outside your door. He's getting getting out of bed 10 times sometimes there's testing me like mom you're still there get back into bed i've told you i'm still here but my husband is right don't lie on the floor because i could lie on the floor till he's like six and it's a phase it's all a phase i've got two now so i know yeah, the phases yeah, are yeah, different yeah. So different. Mm. My little girl was so emotional, but also so <laughs> calm in the way that she doesn't climb on everything. She's not busy. She loves to just see it and play and watch it. My little boy doesn't like watching TV. My little girl would just see it. When my little girl was two, we went to Vietnam and like travelled on like six different flights and I had no issue with flying with her. It was so easy. Whereas I can't, he doesn't sit down for five minutes. I can't get him to sit down and eat his dinner. He climbs on everything. I'm constantly getting messages from nursery saying he's hurt himself because he's just fearless. Uh, Yeah, completely, completely different. How do you deal when you and your husband disagree on things to do with your kids on parenting? How do you deal with it? Like I said, a lot of the stuff he will go with my way because he doesn't really know. His childhood was quite different to mine. He doesn't really know know what he wants so I think a lot of the time he does just go with what I'll say and because I was a family worker for a long time so there's a lot of stuff that I learned so much from being a family worker that's been so useful being a parent the main thing we argue about is iPad and chocolate he is all for an easy life and so he definitely gives him a lot more sweets a lot more chocolate a lot more screen time than I like but I a lot of it I've had to just take it all right if I'm working and you're looking after him yeah I'm just not going to get anywhere with this battle. What about you? Um, We've not had loads yet. There was one instance, my little one, she had quite severe baby Mm. eczema. And we thought that potentially could be a cow milk allergy, blah, blah, blah. And she's Mm. formula fed. And we wanted to find a vegan formula. George didn't think it was a cow milk allergy. Admittedly, I wasn't certain. Anyway, that's the main sort of conflict that we've had in terms of parenting. He was really certain that he didn't want to go on a vegan formula. I was certain that I wanted to try it out because, and he's not wrong. They say that you shouldn't change the formula too many times. So if we change the formula, that's one change. But then if it doesn't agree with her or it doesn't work, then we change back. And that's another change, blah, blah. Anyway, the way we dealt with that, who feels stronger so basically I felt stronger about my yes than he did about Mm -hmm. his no I remember talking to my mum about this and she said if you really feel strongly about it Mackley put your foot down however remember that the next time you're probably gonna have to bite your Mm -hmm. tongue yeah it's a good one yeah but just choosing your battles this was really important to you yeah and that's the thing I think most of the things with parenting I will have done the research I will have and I probably will say to him okay if you 
you don't agree with me, fine, like, give me a reason. Nine times out of ten, he'll be like, no, I'll just go with you. Doesn't want to start Googling it all. Does that not annoy you? Because Sometimes. That would annoy me. I would, like, I hold a lot of frustration that I am the primary caregiver. That stuff, no, because I think that we've got to work to our strengths. And one of the things I would say was, I'm not the default parent. My kids probably prefer him. I don't have any of that. They want me to fall asleep on them. They're never worried that I'm leaving them with him. I don't have any of that. So there are always other things that I can give him. You know, I need one. I need help with the washing. I need help with, you know, can you go and get them like a new swimming costume or go and pick them up some new school t-shirts that kind of stuff that I know he can do actually the parenting stuff it's not his strength I don't think he would really know where to start with it I don't think he'd know where to look do you think that's men in general because I feel like there's and I don't I don't want Mm -hmm. to generalize I'm you know there are men that are single dads and wonderful um so I apologize that I Mm -hmm. am generalizing but just for He's the very sake general. of ease, I yeah. will generalize. Yeah. Sometimes I just feel like men don't get it. No, they don't. No. And he doesn't. I don't know. I do I do sometimes envy it. You know, like say I there's an example, I'll be like, Marcus, you need to do the phonics. And he's like, Oh, it doesn't matter if she didn't do the phonics today. It doesn't matter if she doesn't do her phonics for one day. But I feel really bad about it. Whereas I don't have time. We're not gonna do them today. It doesn't matter. And okay. having to badge I have to badge but, but then from my point of view, let's take that situation and it was George and I and I said to him, You need to do the phonics, for example, mm. or, or you know, whatever it might be. And he says, oh, we haven't got time today. I'm not going to do it. Maybe that's true. But then tomorrow, I'm the one doing it. Whereas if you did it today, maybe I could not do it tomorrow. Mm. That's my issue. Good. Good go like that. We split bedtimes, you know, I think that's quite helpful. I actually find it so much easier that we don't. So I do Mondays and Wednesdays. He does Tuesdays mm. and Thursdays. Fridays, it's a bit of a free-for-all. And the weekend, it's a bit of a... Yeah, yeah. Well, But, my, but yeah, yeah, I think yeah. splitting the bedtime, that was a massive change for us. We used to do it together. And it was when I was on maternity yeah. leave. I said, I need some time. I can't... I'm with them all day, every day. I need some time. Like when you get in, I need some time. And we decided to split the bedtimes and it does make the bedtimes more horrendous. But it's really nice to not do the bedtimes every day. He doesn't really wash their hair. I do that. Um, And I have, do you know, I've asked him to wash their hair a couple of times. And he does it wrong. I don't know. My kids have got really curly hair. And he, like, doesn't put conditioner in it. Like, he doesn't comb it properly. <laughs> like, And that used to really annoy me. And now I'm like, no, I don't want him to do the hair because it's worse in the morning when he's down there and it's so dry. And again, he doesn't yeah. know. He doesn't put conditioner in his hair. He's like, I've never used conditioner in my life. So that's the mm. thing. I think also what, I, what I'm learning is that, one, I just need to accept. We're not married, mm. but... For better or for worse, mm. he brings amazing qualities. Mm. Why do we always feel the need to nitpick at the, you mm. know, little X, Y, Z? And I'm getting better at doing that. The second thing that I'm also realizing is that because I'm with my daughter a lot more than mm. he is, I also learn quicker. Yeah, much quicker. So where sometimes he might do something and in my head I'm like, fucking mm. idiot. Yeah, yeah, put conditioner <laughs> on the hair. Like, come on. <laughs> but yeah I've had to really surrender to the thought that actually he learns slower than Mm. me um, because he doesn't have the opportunity to learn at my pace because I'm literally doing it day in day out and to a certain extent it's on autopilot whereas he's still like figuring it out yeah it's true it's so true I was at my friend's house the other day and our little boys are going for a stage and they're always hitting each other. And the dad came down and he, the boys hit each other and he was like, no, boys, don't, don't hit. And me and Victoria are like, oh, we leave it out. We just let them hit each other now. Like, but he hasn't caught up. He's been, he's still on the, we must tell mm-hmm. them out every single time. And actually feel like they don't care that much. They're clearly doing it in nursery. It's just a bit of a yeah. game for them. And I think the more attention mm-hmm. we yeah. give to it, the more they're doing it. Yeah, agreed. And also, I mean, we are quite lenient parents. Mm-hmm. I believe, let them fight it out. Yeah. If so, if someone gets, you know, hurt yeah, yeah. or something, fine, of course mm-hmm. I'm going to step in. But, like, they also need to learn. And this with my kids, I've noticed that with my kids, which is one thing I'm trying to teach my husband. Like, if you get involved, it goes on longer. Whereas if you leave it, they'll be laughing in two minutes. They need to have their blowout, and then they'll be okay, and they'll be best friends again. Oh, I'm not ready for another child yet, <laughs> but I would like more yeah. at some point. 
I think two's better than one. I wonder if it'll be less of a shit show, or maybe that's just me wishful thinking. It's just the shock that it wasn't. It's not that I had thought that it would be the mm. best thing in the world. I just didn't realize how bad it yeah. could get. I think, do you know what? I hadn't, I hadn't even considered, considered it. that it could be so I low. always say I feel so grateful that I worked with mums before I had kids because mm. I've seen mums get sectioned. I've seen mum just not getting out of house all the time. Um, so when I had my daughter... I just assumed I was going to get postnatal depression. And I did all the things, made sure that I like had time alone. I made sure that we went out for walks every morning. And I think I actually found becoming a mum the first time so much easier. I think because mm. I was assuming the second time around, I thought, oh, I'll be fine. And it was so much harder. And it was lockdown as well. So that was hard. I do think knowledge is power. That's the problem. Like no one's told anything. When you've seen it all, you're so much more aware of the signs and what to do. Like when I see mum struggle, the problem is that they're doing all the things that you shouldn't do. Like just never leaving, feeling so much guilt. Not, I think we need to like feel that guilt, but still do things even when we feel guilty. So if something's Mm -hmm. challenging, you need to do it even more. I have heard a lot from mums who have struggled with postpartum depression. They find it really difficult to talk about it with their partners because their partners don't get it. I count myself very lucky Mm. that to be fair to my partner, although potentially not so forthcoming with his own emotions, Mm. he's very open to mine, Mm. which at the end of the day is all I can ask for, really. What would you say to moms that are, are struggling and potentially aren't feeling the support that they need from their partner? or that they feel like they would like. It's so difficult because obviously when you're struggling, the last thing you want to be is be vulnerable and be shut down. Mm. So maybe I would say if there is someone who does understand or who you you can talk to, ask them to talk to your partner because the worst thing is to tell someone you're feeling depressed and then just say, like completely dismiss it or not understand it or just think you're feeling sad or... And it is really common because so many men don't understand what depression is. I, I always mm-hmm. say to my husband, I don't understand. But he, like, his mum's always been on antidepressants, but he doesn't recognise her as depressed because she's not sad in the, in the mm-hmm. way that you would expect. She doesn't look like the black dog who's really sad. Like, there's, there's, to, to me, there's so many signs that she's depressed, but she seems, like, happy, basically. There's this video called The Black Dog. Watch the video on YouTube called The Black Dog. Google it. It really explains depression dog. really well. I think depression is really, really difficult to, to pinpoint. <laughs> and maybe, do you know what? Maybe the conversation, to yeah. talk about before you have the baby, these are the conversations that they need to know. Like, why we go to, like, antenatal classes. Why are we not talking about that in the antenatal classes? Yeah, how to do up a nappy. Yeah. You'll learn. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. How do I spot if I my wife's got depression? Is something that all men should actually know yeah Yeah. I agree and it's a fine line because although you don't want to live with the thought that oh my partner should just know how I'm feeling no but there is there are signs Mm, there are and you have to you have to remember that people are depressed are not going to talk about their feelings because they're depressed and they don't want to you don't want to talk about you don't want to be vulnerable because you feel like no one cares. It's the problem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And no one understands. And no one understands. So And you're embarrassed and so, you have shame yeah. and guilt and yeah. But just in case uh, I doubt that I have much of a male demographic on the podcast, mm-hmm. but just in case I do have some men. And to be fair, I say some men, but actually it's helpful for, you know, to be able moms, to spot your friends, friends sisters, yeah. moms. Yeah. Um what would you say are the signs to really look out for one of the things i would say was the hypervigilance you know like worrying about every little thing perfectionism so trying to be that perfect mum, not wanting to cut any corners not accepting any help so if someone is refused not trusting anyone with their baby not wanting to ask for any help at all not leaving the house obviously is one um yeah yeah lack of socialization making excuse constantly cancelling as well I think is another one so if they're making mm. plans and they're never making it that's when I would be like no I'm coming to check on you because it, it's really easy to just keep cancelling and people just forget yeah and, and everyone's so busy yeah you know and it's okay but it's we've become so isolated mm. you know this this idea of you know a village as a mum. Mm. no mum has a village anymore no. I mean potentially some do but in general this idea of a village just does not exist mm. in our in our society no no so it's so 
easy mm. to get lost but as mm. a partner you can notice they're not going out they're not doing anything but I know with my daughter I went to baby boots all the time because again I was very hyper aware of getting postnatal depression mm. so from two mm-hmm. weeks old I think I took it to a baby group so I was like I've got to get mm. out don't know what to do they are my life if I'm at home <laughs> I literally, I'm sorry I don't know what to do with my own kid at the risk of sounding like the world's worst mom I literally I don't know what to do with my own child yeah baby groups uh, for me are a savior well I think that this it, it's awkward isn't it you've got to go and meet people you don't know on your own when you're really vulnerable when you don't know what you're doing you've got to get uncomfortable going to like you are you quite social I am quite social mm. yeah are you good with new people yeah well imagine if you're not good with new people and you're not very social and you've got um, to, agreed no you've got to go right. and, I am yeah and I'm also I'll go to a play group and there'll be my baby and blah blah and they'll be like how are you and I'm like it's a fucking shit show isn't it well and see <laughs> you're like to me you're the dream mum at the baby group like I'll be like making a beeline for you but a lot of mums <laughs> are going thinking oh everyone else is going to be together I've got to pretend to be put together no oh, I don't, you know, I'm the mum who turns up and is like, oh, no, I forgot nappy. He's going to borrow a nappy. Like, yeah. even packing the bag, like, it's so stressful when they're little. Yeah. Um, it's overwhelming as well, isn't it? So I do agree. Sometimes the feeling I get, it's funny because you do feel like when you become a mum, you do find your little, like, groups. Like, the mm. mums that are, sort of have the same way of thinking as you mm. because I've been to baby groups and no judgment if you know if this is you that does this that's absolutely fine it's just it's not me mm. I have seen mum mums in baby groups in like tight jeans and a blouse and makeup <laughs> yeah. and I'm like are you kidding so I'm I'm like a chameleon like one day I'll be in like jeans and makeup and the next day I'll be in my gym clothes and I won't have had a walk um yeah and there's no in between so it just depends you can and maybe you're judging those mums but maybe they're the same as me maybe yesterday they looked um, an absolute shit show yeah and potentially potentially it is really hard mm. I think I feel like your friends change more as the mum than as the dad yeah 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 completely and I was we were um, talking about it me and my husband actually had this conversation the other day we were talking about my friend had told me some like having some with her husband and I'd said oh he's saying that he doesn't have enough time with his friend Marcus went but she does because she gets to see him with the kids like we were talk, talking about how it's not really quite the same getting to see your friends with the kids and seeing them at the pub also even when you're with the kids like you don't talk to each other you're too no, busy you running after your own kid <laughs> Yeah, you have like five minutes snippet chat. Um, and he went, well, why don't you tell him we should go out with the kids to meet his mates? And I said, that's so weird, isn't it? Like, you never go with the kids to meet your mates. Why don't... I said, why I don't... The only time I think Marcus took my kids swimming once with his best friend, our kids get on. There's no reason. But the only time we see his mates' kids is... When I arrange it with a wife, really. I don't know why. I mean, this could be a whole just topic in itself. But for me, it's just, unfortunately, we do still live in a society where kids are the mum's responsibility. Mm. And I think it's about, and I'm, I mean, I'm, I say part of the problem, I use that term loosely, but because, for example, I said that I experienced a lot of mum guilt and I struggle to let George, not let him have time with Isla. Of course he can have time with Isla, but I feel guilty. I feel like I'm not doing my duty as a mum if mm-hmm. for some reason, for example, right now I'm here, you know, chatting to you, recording mm-hmm. this podcast and he's downstairs and in my head I'm like, that that's not okay. It's the middle of the day. He should be at work earning the money and I should mm-hmm. be at home. The crazy thing is that I don't even believe that life should like be like that. It's just like a societal pressure that's been put on you that you don't even even agree and this is there there's one to journal about Mm. why am I doing this why am I saying this I get the money thing the money's the money's difficult and men worry Mm. about money more than women like you know we can't live without money it's it's a massive massive issue but you need to feel to really reframe it that you're focusing on your whole family's future Mm -hmm. that's what it is but I think when it's the weekend I'm like oh I want it to be family time it needs to be family time but it doesn't always need to be family time I agree and we are trying George and I to be a little bit better at at the weekend I often go to a yoga class on a Saturday morning 
Nice. And that's that's taken me a long time to be able to say at the weekend, because I, again, felt this pressure that I should be with my family. It's the weekend, but I go to a yoga class on Saturday morning because it's true. Otherwise, when are you meant to do things for yourself? And also, it's nice for George to have time with his daughter. Yeah. Um, I think when you enter a relationship and you live with your partner, firstly, there's this sort of, you know, not pressure, but you just feel like you should be with them all the time. You live mm. together, blah, blah, blah. But then when you add kids, you feel that even more. Mm. And to have time for yourself is really, really hard. But I think it's good for both partners. Mm. So not only to have time, but then again, it's just there's not enough time in the day because you need time without the child together. (laughs) And then you need time without the child by yourselves. You need family time. Oh, my God. Then you have a second kid. Then you want to have one-on-one time with each kid. Yeah, I've heard this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because it's half term and I was... Like, like it's Valentine's Day this week. This is a funny one. Because Marcus was like, what are we going to do Valentine's Day? I was like, well, I'm working till eight Tuesday night. And I was like, I could move my client. But I've booked Wednesday afternoon off because I want to have some time with Goldie while Otto's at nursery. And he was like, well, what's more important? I was like, well, Goldie is more important than Valentine's Day. <laughs> uh, it just still seemed too stressful. So we're just going to do something on Friday because it was too much juggling. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. It's finding yeah. a balance between mm. when you've decided that it's too much juggling, you know, this time. But the problem is, I'm sure you'll agree that sometimes we've got to a point where just, we always say it's too much juggling. So we never actually end yeah. up doing it. And you do need to set yeah. the time to do it. And that is why I actually think Valentine's Day, I know that it's like cheesy and stuff, but it's. It, I think it's important to make an effort on the special occasions just because they're a reminder, aren't they? So we are actually going to do it's something fun. on Friday. It is tough. It is yeah. tough. Do you work privately only? Yes, I only work privately now. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you work online? Yeah, I work mainly online. I do a little bit of face-to-face. So I'm in Brighton, so I do a little bit of face-to-face in Brighton. But I do work mainly online because I just think it's so much more convenient. It is mm. the absolute godsend of the um, pandemic. I agree. But, yeah, but it's what's so lovely is like I've got like mums who bring them. When the babies are small, they can come to a session and just sleep mm-hmm. on their mum while they're there. Mm-hmm. And so it's one less worry that I've got to find childcare. I've got to, for me, I used to hate having to find parking, find mm-hmm. worry about travel traffic find childcare there was so much mm-hmm. and it's just another barrier that means people can't find can't access therapy if people want to find you where can they find you they can find me my instagram is mama therapy underscore bn yeah or my website is mamatherapy.co.uk. Amazing. It was so, so nice to chat to you. Thank you so, so much for coming I need on. a cup of tea now. <laughs> but I was thinking I need a glass of wine. I need a glass of wine. <laughs> okay. It's been really lovely. Really lovely to Thank chat. Thank you so much. And if you've um, got any more I'll questions, just ask me. Yeah, I will do. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye, Natasha. Bye.